Welcome to Ice Town Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. And I'm Jacob. <laughs> Close. Almost. Uh, no, I'm Kirk. <laughs> Jacob is skipping again. Yeah. it's like He's he, not going to get full credit for this course. I know. He thinks his job is more important than this, and it's just rude, honestly. I don't understand what this job is doing where it's not done at five. <laughs> you joke, but I have to leave my job <laughs> before five every day. Like Doesn't mean I'm, law? Well, no. To get all the places I need to be. Doesn't mean I'm done working. Just means I'm not physically <laughs> in my office. Yeah, that makes uh, sense, I guess. I guess. So this week, Kirk and I, all by ourselves without Jacob, because who needs Jacob, will be... Rev- all by <laughs> myself. Uh, I was just imagining if one of us tried to do this all alone, <laughs> how sad it would be. <laughs> You'd have to do voices, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just be so boring. And then Leslie said to Ron, Hi. Which I thought was not a very Leslie way to start a conversation. Oh, Back to man. the B plot. So, um, <laughs> this is guaranteed to be better than that. At least. Well, let's not, let's not write a check we can't cash. <laughs> We're going to talk about Season 4, Episode 7, The Treaty, which originally aired November 10th, 2011. It was directed by... Jorma Tacconi, which sounds familiar, but then I didn't actually remember to look up, uh, and was written by Harris Whittles. The summary is Leslie and Ben argue over their relationship and ruin the high school model UN they are hosting. Chris wonders where his relationship with Jerry's daughter is going wrong, and Ron continues to get Tom... Oh, good lord. Every week, my handwriting. Ron tries to get Tom to take his old job back. Yeah. Yep. This episode, I don't know. It's fine. I think just coming off of the end of the world, which is such a good episode, this episode is just kind of filler to me. Like, it has one really awful storyline. Yes. One meh to okay storyline. And then, like, I guess I like the storyline with Tom. <laughs> right, yeah, so it's the storyline that is obvious because Tom isn't leaving the show, so it's just sort of shoehorned in to... A lot of suspense there. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so Ben and Leslie are helping to host a Model UN tournament, which I guess falls under the purview of the Parks Department. Oh, I have questions about this. <laughs> uh... I mean, it does track that Ben would be super into Model UN. Like, Did they have Model UN at your school? I don't think they did it at my school. I think they did, but did we have a Model UN team? Maybe. But, like, I would have been friends with the people that would have... Like, this was my group in high school, or the people that would have done Model UN. And I don't recall any of my friends doing it. Or talking about it. So, 
I don't know. Maybe not. So we had a club at our school that played diplomacy mm-hmm. a lot, which is sort of like model why we needed the UN club. <laughs> right. It's kind of the opposite, in fact. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I'd have to go back and look, because it sounds like something that we would have obviously had, but now I don't remember anyone, like, doing it or talking about it. I also feel like I would have done it, and I didn't, so I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I do like Andy's yeah. take, though. <laughs> the bad guys yeah. from the Mighty Ducks, too? Absolutely. I would refuse to be Iceland <laughs> for that reason. Yeah. Japan, the bad guys from Karate Kid 2, which is not accurate. Uh, like, the bad guy in Karate Kid 2 was Japanese. Right. Uh, but that's like saying the bad guys in Karate Kid were America. Right, right. Which I guess, in a way, I mean... sort of was. <laughs> Germany has never been the bad guys, so they're no. fine. Mm-hmm. I think I was Germany the last time we played... Uh, Axis and Allies, as I recall. You you were. Right. Yes, I, I believe that was correct. That was, that was good. I did nothing bad. Um, Moving on. Wait. Ron does have maybe my favorite line of this episode, which is, do I want to teach kids that not only is government good, but there should be a worldwide super government? I'd rather sand my toenails. And then I UN is not a worldwide super government. Unfortunately, my my note says, "Dear God, we actually elected a stupid version of this president." Yes, yeah, it, no, that was fairly Trumpian. Yes, right. Uh, although it does bring me a lot of joy. I don't know if you've seen. There's a lot of people that um, try and go after uh, Nick Offerman. Because they try to argue that, like, Ron Swanson would have been a Trump supporter, and he pretty vigorously fights back on Twitter. It's, it's oh, excellent. that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's worthwhile. I kind of feel like you don't want to disagree with them, but... <laughs> right. It's hard. They make... There are some points they that they can... Some things they can point to that make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we have Tom... Shows up for lunch with Ron, and the whole thing is Ron's kind of scheme to get Tom to take his job back, which, like, I mean, it's nice. Is it something that Ron Swanson would really... I I don't know. Are we supposed to believe that Ron is going to go out of his way to get Tom back? I, I think that it is well established that deep down Ron is a big softy. Yeah. He really does care about all of these people quite a bit. So I can see this. That's true. And I guess as I was saying it, I realized like yeah. it's the middle of season four. I don't think I can continue to be like, um, would real Ron do this? Like if he's doing it, <laughs> the answer is yes, because this is This is, this is the realest parks. Ron we're gonna get. Right. Right. So never mind. Uh and then in the worst plot of this episode, Chris finds Anne to get advice about why Millicent Gurgage hasn't returned his last two phone calls after four dates. Yeah, this is pretty uh, awful. Just everything about it. You know Other why than Donna she... is bad. 
You know why she hasn't returned your phone call after four dates? Because you're so concerned why she hasn't returned right. your phone call after four dates. Buddy. Right. And I do like his line, the root of our sarcasm is truth, which I don't think is true. But... I think that's exactly the opposite of how sarcasm works. <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah. So I, it, I really sometimes block out how intolerable Chris Traeger is for a time. I feel like this storyline is the intolerable part. Like, I feel like yeah. it doesn't reach this level again. Oh, I think that's right. Yeah, I think we're definitely at, like, the peak. Of, like, this, as much as I like season four and, like, things that happen in season four, this is a... The Entertainment 720, how annoying they make Chris Trigger. Like, there's definitely some avenues that they explore in this season that I don't I don't love. Um but you know, you gotta test the boundaries, I guess. Find the limit. Yes. <laughs> um like in math class. Exactly. I was so good at math. I totally remember what a limit is. And I'm not just quoting mean girls when I talk about it. <laughs> um also, I thought Ben and Leslie weren't going to be friends, but then... Yeah, I like, I don't know. It's inconsistent yes. here. It's, you know, it's not like real-life relationships that are very linear and... Not confusing. In no way uh, inconsistent internally. Exactly. Thank you for pointing out how unrealistic this is, that they they wrapped up one problem 30 minutes ago, it's unrealistic for them to approach it again in another 30 minutes. If there's one thing I've learned in my 32 years of life, uh, it's that human relationships are very tidy, very clearly defined, no gray areas. And if you ever think you encounter a gray area, something's wrong with the other person, and you should aggressively interrogate them. To find out why. And I, I, I give that advice to all of our listeners. Yeah. What were you doing yeah. for the last eight years? Hmm? What were you doing for the last eight years? Oh, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's a global food crisis. Oh, right. That's the plan. That's what they're yes. trying to solve. Yes. You know, this is good because this is coming because of climate change. It's so true. I'm glad I'm glad they're getting a jump on this now. Although this was 2011, so the kids that were in high school in 2011, they're probably already working for members of Congress. A few of them. Yeah, probably hopefully hopefully doing a good job. Uh their faith in the model UN has really paid off at this point. Totally. Uh, yeah. Okay, so back to how terrible the Chris Traeger thing is. <laughs> His second person that he goes to find is Jerry, Millicent's dad. It's just, I don't know, it strains so much credulity. I don't know. Yeah, uh, my actual note here is, oh, fuck, Chris, leave Jerry right. out of this. Right. right. And then Donna gives advice that is... Not practical for this situation. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wrote. I was like, this just this is bad advice on like a lot of levels. <laughs> don't literally dangle the carrot. <laughs> I don't, like just in, 
in general. I would say advice. at this point, the, the the carrot is not dangled, and you know, there's no there's no intrigue left about the carrot. Right. What we've been told about right. this relationship. So. Right. Yeah, it's. Although I am happy to see Donna, I do not feel like we've gotten enough Donna recently. So I am glad to see her show up. Yes. Um, and she's the first person that Chris talks to that it would actually make sense for him to, uh, you know, go get some advice from. You mean his ex and his girlfriend's father are not the... <laughs> both of whom are... I guess they're all three subordinates, but yes. still. Yeah. Right. yeah. Does yeah. Chris not have friends outside of work? Well, I guess in fairness, he and Ben did move there. Only for work, and then not two a- years ago. <laughs> I don't think in Pawnee time it's been two years. I think it's been like maybe a year. Maybe it, it, it's been at least a year and like four or five months. Yeah. I mean, the show yeah. tends to move in real time with the uh, with the airings. So, and right, probably long enough for him to have made the occasional friend that's not his subordinate. Even Jacob has made friends within 16 months. Well, do we really know that that's true? We haven't been out to visit him. I assume that's who he's with right now, instead of being with us. (laughs) Just just had to go to a happy hour instead of do this? They grow up so fast, Katie. (laughs) That's true. Do you think he'll call us when he gets home? I don't, don't, you know, I hope so. Like, (laughs) I just, I just hope he's making good choices. I can assure you, he's not. Another not so good choice would be this old racist guy <laughs> that Ron brings into hire to apply for uh, Tom's position. Yeah, I also, so I have questions about Tom's position. He's just general Parks and Rec admin, because weren't we always led to believe that he's like Leslie's assistant and not really Ron's? No, because. Yeah, I don't think he's anyone's assistant. I think he's like the administrative officer. If I don't know, like okay. they did not, they did not sit down and write out what these people did, right? Like, like I, the like, office what's, what's, manager, maybe. Yeah, but that can't be right. No, that's just not right. It is pretty clear that Donna manages that office, right? And April is Ron's assistant. So, like, right. how much other support staff can the parks department need? What does Jerry do? I don't think anybody knows exactly what Jerry does. <laughs> but wait, no, Jerry is Jerry's like in charge of park security, isn't he? Didn't we have an episode about that? I don't know that he's I think he just like Oh that's made right. him he's had a run in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page that listeners are looking at right now, screaming at their phones, <laughs> telling us exactly what clearly defined jobs all of these people have on the show. Well, I hate to tell you, it's not true. The writers had no idea. Right. Yeah. Also, Tom you can... was in Leslie's office. That implied to me that he was her assistant. Exactly. Uh, you can send us that Wikipedia article via Facebook, and we will look at it and say, huh. Okay. Uh, we'll discuss it next episode. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, back at Model UN, Ben is getting angry that Leslie has political stuff to focus on. Right. Here's the problem. First of all, my first thought is, why the hell isn't she campaigning? This is a weekend. Be on doors. Be on the phones. Come on, Leslie. Do you want to win? Second... Worse than not campaigning is using your government-sponsored event as a campaign photo op. 
I am pretty certain that even in Indiana, that is illegal. Right. Um, And is that really, like, is there a big model UN vote crowd out there? Not even that. Katie, Katie, I know that we've both been in and done photo shoots for for campaign mailers. Do you stand, like, contestants in a contest, arm by arm, and look straight forward in pictures for mailers? No. They should be huddled together uncomfortably close pretending to talk. Exactly. If if, if you're not accidentally kind of spitting in someone's face while pretending to make small talk, you are not part of a campaign ad. Because if you're not that close, it's going to look like you're hundreds of feet away in a photograph. Cameras do weird thing to physical space. Yes. Um... (laughs) I have to say that as an adult, I think if I were to participate in Model UN, I might treat it the way Andy does. And I might trade my military for lions. What exactly is he trading? (laughs) Is is it the supplies, the guns, the tanks? Certainly he's not, like, giving them the people. I don't really... I mean, I kind of grasp how Model UN works, but I don't know the exact rules of what you well, can and can't do. I don't know. I think you're just supposed to... You're just, like, solve a problem and you have your country's, like, interests to contend with, right? Yeah, I think that's right. I think the the goal is to solve the, the problem in a way that best protects your country's, you know, initial position or something. I don't know. Yeah. We, the UN. We did this in a college class where we were the UN Security Council and we had to solve... Um, Iranian nuclear weapons production. It was kind of like this. You know what would solve the Iranian nuclear weapons production problem really well? What? Is the the JCPOA that we signed in uh, 2015. (laughs) No. That actually addressed it incredibly well. No. And uh, Iran has been in compliance with it ever since it was signed. It it was one of the, the, the biggest successes of diplomacy in many years i heard that deal was bad oh yeah some people say that (laughs) um okay so while leslie is taking place in this probably illegal photo shoot (laughs) there's this kid to the side that talks to ben and he's like god her life is awesome and i'm i'm sorry but even the nerdiest high schooler i do not think is standing on the side watching an assistant parks director do a photo shoot for running for, like, local city council and be like, oh, man. What a celebrity. I don't know. I mean, elected office, running, campaigning, that there is a mystique that people have about it that you and I don't. Because we see these people up close way too often. Like, I don't know. I could could see this somehow. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty jaded. Uh, uh, about politicians, but I was once in a room that Hillary Clinton walked into, and I turned into a babbling idiot. So I could see some high school kid having the same reaction to somebody who's in their local government. Yeah, I say, I, like I can definitely get politician starstruck. Still, I just, I just don't know if. I mean, I don't, maybe, but I don't know if local city government inspires that that kind of awe. We should have asked Justin when we had him on here. Whether or not he's encountered. Well, he's too big for us now. I know. Well, you know, now that he's mayor to be, he he, he doesn't have time for us lowly Parks and Rec podcasts. So true. It's so true. Uh, Okay, so 
this is, I think, the right space for me to talk about this. So, Ben, last episode, I felt like Ben was being pretty reasonable, where he was like, it's hard for us to be friends. You can't, like, follow me around and stop me from talking to other women. But now in this episode, he appears to be angry that she is focused on her campaign more so than their Model UN task, or really, I guess, than more so than him, which is incredibly unfair because he's the one who broke up with her so that she could pursue her dream of running for office. So for him to sort of passive-aggressively sit back and pout about it, like, six months later is... I think it's super unfair. It is also unfair, as he says, to dice up their relationship into pieces and Leslie gets to keep the part she likes. Well, yes, yes and no. I mean, I agree with that, except that, like, she's more just trying to salvage the part that she feels like they can keep that doesn't interfere with her election she's not really you know it's not like she's like oh um i'd actually like to date other people but i still want to use you for this like piece of our friendship that i got something out of like if that were the case then i feel like ben would have a point but that's not what she's doing you know she's just like go ahead i can see how it feels that way from his perspective though yeah Still, I, I've switched sides. Last episode, I thought he was being more reasonable. This episode, I think she's being more reasonable. And since it's all black and white, you know, that's, it's important to know who sides are on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking also of excellent use of government resources, Chris calling a meeting in his office of four subordinates to discuss what's going on with his relationship is just really, I think the best use of everyone's time. Also, what day of the week is this? I don't know. We also jump back and forth in time during the day. I have a note in the future that it's like dark outside and it's light outside, but they're all in the same building. Uh, Yeah. I, I feel like these plots may not be taking place even on the same day because I don't think that like, school is out i mean obviously they're in a school that doesn't have people in it i don't know like it doesn't seem like this is happening on a weekday and i again don't think that the parks department works on saturdays so right and i i from what i understand about these types of like high school competitions that they're definitely weekend things they're not like tuesday morning affairs uh Man, I did not take a lot of notes about the Ron and Tom, like, the interviews that Tom sat through. Just Well, there was Gary from Gary, who was boring, because okay. that was his best his best anecdote. That'd be like you saying that your best anecdote is that your name rhymes. I mean, no, I did like Tom. Facts are not anecdotes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, it just, like, you just know where this is going. Not that I need yeah. my Parks and Rec plots to be, like, you know, all twists. This isn't a twisty-turvy mystery, <laughs> right. right? This but, isn't This isn't written to the level of Riverdale here. Well, very, very few things are. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I just, like, I was just kind of like, okay, let's get to the part where he comes back to work there. Um... 
Leslie and Ben take things way too far at the Model UN. And she declares war. Right. Yes. And they can't get the kids to to come along with her. Which, I don't know. These are some very mature high school students that showed up for this Model UN competition. Yep. (laughs) You know, when Ben confronts her about how she's acting, Leslie does use a line that I hope to someday have an opportunity to use in my life, which is, the only thing I'll be waving is your decapitated head on a stick in front of your weeping mother. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Yeah. War Leslie is a good Leslie. Yeah, no, like, you know, depending on how you interpret the end of, uh, the end of the last episode of the series, the United States might be in for some interesting times diplomatically. It's true, it's true. Uh, um, so at this meeting that Chris is having with everyone and he's asking what's going on and Anne sort of says, you know, points out some problems she had in their relationship. She says, sometimes your relentless cheeriness is confusing, which yeah. I, at least I like to take as some self-awareness on the part of the writers that maybe they've gone a little too far. Like, yeah. But then Anne blames Chris for her long-term habit of turning into the men she dates. Oh, I know. She's somehow aware of this now, but can't put it in context with the fact that this happens every time. Right. Every single time. Right. The idea, yeah, oh, I have a, a big note about this. Like, the idea that she has no agency and she's like, well, Chris, you turned me into this. I have no choice And then that after they broke up, she went through some sort of period of self-discovery and was different when like... Off screen? Pretty sure two episodes ago, I was screaming about how she was trying to turn into Ron at just like a Halloween party. It was just... uh, Yeah, no, I was furious. I was like, you shut your mouth, Ann Perkins. None of this. (laughs) None of this is true. Uh, Yeah. Yep. Oh, wait. So, we, hold on. We skipped over a line that I really liked back at the Model UN thing where yeah. April says, I just wanted to say that I thought it was really cool how everything fell apart back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also like when Ben grabs the microphone from the student and she's like, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then why do I have the mic? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Come on, people. <laughs> no, really, Ben and Leslie, like, angry or just, like, out of control is, it's very good. Given how they're behaving like high schoolers, I am surprised that none of these students, like, figured out that these two people used to sleep together and aren't sleeping together anymore, and this is the source of the problem. Yeah, that's true. You And generally... This, but, yeah, good. No. Uh, There'd be some asshole high schooler who would, like, yell about it from the back of the room, I feel yeah. like. Because this is happening in their friend circles, like, right. twice a semester or right. something at this point. Right. Um, <sighs> yeah. Leslie, I hate it here. I can't wait to graduate. <laughs> but summer's going to be kick-ass. It is. Um, do, you, do you know if you rearrange the letters in Peru, you can spell Europe? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would, this is an episode where, like, Chris Pratt is used solely for comic relief. Like, yeah. 
just to pop up and it's uh it's well done wait how do you know about camp david how do you know about camp david <laughs> uh, I, I, so go ahead no, good, good. no go, ahead, go ahead i was gonna say did you notice that ben says that he was a little icier than he needed to be and i was like oh i wonder if that's a subtle play no i didn't on, notice that not that's our a name catch. but on the I was too distracted because I was too distracted by noticing at this point why are they allowed to just hang out in this school building? Like, what is going on? What what access do they have to be in this school building? Like at this time, when it seems like the Molly Yuen thing has fallen apart. Yes, I don't. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure they're pretty strict about who's allowed to just hang out around a school. Well, and then they take all the high schoolers over to the city council building. Like that can't be the same day, right? And, and yeah, so then how does that happen? And I actually don't think it's the same day because this is where I notice that it's like dark in an earlier scene on a different yeah. plot line, and then it's light later. And all these kids are super excited about the city council chambers. Which, like, which, okay. Wait, wait. So, like, did they build the set for this scene? I was, did, yeah. That, is this the first time we see the city council chamber set? And did you see the seat that Cassidy sits down in? No. It says on a little pl- councilman jam. No right there. way. No, I yeah. did not see that. I was thinking that, well, I I didn't get all the way there. I was like, oh, yeah, this room. And I was thinking about, like, all the things that happen there in the future. But I, it may be the first time that we've actually seen it. Yeah. No, if so, that's awesome, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess they just had it built for things that they plan for the future and then we're like i mean we don't know how this election's right. going to turn out for leslie right but it's good to see that they're leaving all the options open uh right. yeah well or and it, you know she could be doing more business in front of the city council if she doesn't right. win the election so also this seems like it was a fairly inexpensive episode to shoot which is exactly the sort of episode that you open up a little bit of budget and you use to build a set that you might need in the future tv shows do this a lot Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, Ron <laughs> basically chases Tom down to be like, I know you work at the Macy's. And Ron, or Tom says the only way he'll like go back is if Ron begs him in front of everyone. Which Ron <laughs> does. does the most, yeah. He does the most Tom thing ever. Right, right. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's fine. It's like, it's just blah. It's, there's nothing exciting or not exciting about that plot line. I guess I'm, I'm glad Tom isn't going away, but. Also, we never find out what the hell's going on with Chris and Millicent, do we? No, yeah. They just end that with like, basically... Anne saying her spiel about how she's a better person, and then that plot line is over. That that's pretty bad writing. Yeah, <laughs> like, like this episode is weak. Yeah, I mean the UN stuff is clever, and I like Leslie and Ben sort of catfighting, 
But the Tom and Ron storyline has the most clear through line. It's obvious from the first scene where it's going to end. And the Chris one literally goes nowhere. That's, yeah. That's rough. No, I, I think this episode is really just filler. Like, it, it's just they they have 24 episodes or whatever it is, and they're sort of moving along on a plot line with, like, their big stories, and it's just like, all right, we need a week. Let's come up with some stuff. And they just threw a bunch of things into this episode and it happens it happens to all 30 minute sitcoms i feel like that have to fill a 22 or 24 week episode schedule and this is yeah absolutely this is one of them (laughs) and you really only notice it when you sit down and try to like come up with stuff to talk about like if i were binge watching this i wouldn't be like oh this episode you know like it would just roll on by with the rest of them um but, you know, uh, that we have reached the end of my notes, my friend. I uh, Me too. Well, we've reached the end of the episode. Right, right. Uh, unfortunately, unlike the kids, we don't get a pizza party now. <sighs> Lame. I know. Pizza parties are awesome. I mean, I guess. Life, adult life does not include nearly as many pizza parties as I would wish it would include. That is super true. Uh, although. There would have been nothing stopping either of us from, say, like, ordering pizza for dinner and having it after or before recording this. So. This is true. This is true. But that's the saddest party in the world. <laughs> I'm also, like, ordered, definitely at home by myself. So Ordered myself a pizza. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've done Yum. it. I've done it. Oh, I mean, I have a freezer full of... Um, frozen pizzas that I keep around just because they're fairly low calorie compared to an actual order in pizza. And if I'm trying to be a little bit responsible with my pizza binging, it's an option. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. (laughs) Not tonight. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to write to us about how you miss Jacob and sometimes his comments really do add a little bit to the episode, you can keep those thoughts to yourself. Or you can write to us at icetownclowns at gmail.com. You can go on to our Facebook page and like us at facebook.com slash icetownclowns. You can tweet at us at icetownclownpod. Or go to our website to download any of the episodes at www.icetownclowns.com. Next, not next week, in two weeks, we're going to be back to review the episode... The Smallest Park, the eighth episode of the fourth season. So go on out, watch that. And while you're out there on Netflix watching uh, this episode, use your little mouse thing, click on the iTunes icon, open up the podcast store, and please leave us a review. It really helps us grow our audience. And um, this has happened four times that Jacob has not been on the show, and we still don't know how to end an episode without him here. Yeah, no, we really like <laughs> should come up with a plan. Yeah, we always just dive right into recording and we never... <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, well, okay. Yep. See everyone next week. Two weeks. Bye. Bye. Yes, bye. <laughs>